Welcome again to the Radio Bible Course and our study of Philippians chapter 2. We have come to verse 12 in chapter 2, where Paul gives exhortations to the Christians in Philippi to work out their salvation. Many people have misunderstood this statement, but first let's read the text. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may have cause to glory, because I did not run in vain, nor toil in vain. Paul begins here with a compliment. It concerns how the Philippians have always obeyed. Paul had been there in that city at least twice. We read about that in Acts chapter 16 and chapter 20. He is writing this epistle in about 60 A.D., perhaps five years after his last visit. And their response to his gospel and his teaching was their obedience. He uses that to appeal for continued obedience in his absence in regard to the failure to maintain unity in the church. They did have a problem about unity. There was complaining and arguing, unlike the example of Christ presented in the previous seven verses of chapter 2. Paul's appeal is in words understood by the Philippians, but misunderstood by many of us. I refer to the words, Work out your salvation. Now the first observation we must make is that it does not say work for your salvation, which a careless reader will often interpret. Nor does work out imply that we work for salvation. The world's religions, all of them, by their merit approach to God, have so influenced men in this world that in spite of the 155 uses of the word grace in the New Testament, in addition to the firm declaration of the word of God that salvation is by grace, men interpret this verse to mean that we must work for salvation. And there are many people in our Christian churches today who are doing things in order to be saved. They don't understand the Bible. Now, in addition to those facts, here are more reasons why Paul could not have meant for them to work for salvation. The first one is this. They already had salvation. This is seen by statements in this letter. They possessed salvation, as shown by Philippians 1.1, where he calls them saints. In Philippians 1.6, he said God had already begun a work in them. We find 
two reasons, two more reasons, in verse 27 of chapter 1. Paul urges the Philippians to live up to the gospel which they had believed. Now, Paul never asks unbelievers to live by God's standards. He is writing to those who have been redeemed and expects a better life of them. But also in that verse, he urges them to be striving with one mind for the faith of the gospel. Now, you don't ask unbelievers to strive for the faith of the gospel. Only those who have believed it and are obedient to it would be expected to strive for it. And then we come to verse 12 of chapter 2, where he talks about how they have always obeyed. Now, when they heard the gospel, they believed it. This is called the obedience of faith. Many people, including Christians, when they come across the word obedience, they immediately begin thinking of commands and laws. To them, obedience means something like what the Old Testament teaches. But it's clear from New Testament passages that obedience of faith means believing the gospel. Listen to Romans 1.5. We have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles. The Gentiles who had not yet believed, he wants them to obey the gospel, which means believe the gospel. And in John 3.36, John wrote, He who believes in the Son has eternal life. But he who does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. It is clear then from John 3.36 that to obey the Son is to believe in the Son. God wants all men to believe. And if they believe, they have obeyed the most important command that God has given, and that's to believe in the one whom God has sent. The Jews came to Jesus in John chapter 6 and said, What must we do to be doing the work of God? And he said, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom God has sent. Paul ended his epistle to the Romans with this glorious statement that includes the obedience of faith. He said, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret for long ages but is now disclosed and through the prophetic writings is made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. There it is. God wants the gospel to go to all nations so that men can do what? to believe in Jesus Christ because in him is life and without him men are doomed forever. In Philippians 2.13 we have still another reason why work out your salvation does not mean work for your salvation because Paul writes for it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Does God work in unbelievers to do his good pleasure? Hardly. But he does work in the believer because he puts his spirit in everyone who believes. The Philippians, who already had salvation, have God working in them.
to work it out. Then in chapter 2, verse 15, Paul wrote, that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Why did he call them children of God? Because they have believed in Jesus Christ, and everyone who believes in him is born of God. That's what the Apostle John wrote in his first epistle, chapter 5, verse 1. And that's what John wrote in his gospel also that men who believed in Jesus Christ are born of God. Well, apart from this epistle, the Bible is clear that salvation is not by work. It is neither obtained by good works nor by law works. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament confirm that salvation is by not working, by faith, and by grace. Both of these points are expressed in Romans chapter 4, verse 5, where Paul writes, But to him who works not, but believes him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is reckoned as righteousness. There are 150 passages expressing that salvation is by grace and is obtained through faith. Consider this amazing statistic. 150 promises from God to man in the Bible that salvation is through faith by either faith, which is used 35 times in those promises, and by believing 115 times for a total of 150 promises. Now that's strong support for salvation by faith. Those are from the positive side. Now I have not even counted the many verses that state it negatively that works of the law or works of righteousness cannot earn righteousness before God. But here are a few samples. One is in Galatians 2.16 where Paul writes, Knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by the works of the law shall no one be justified. Well, that's pretty strong. Three times in there, Paul tells us, how we cannot be justified by works of the law. Then in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, Paul writes, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9, It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now that's strong evidence, and it's such a small sample of the passages in the Bible that teach us that we are saved by believing in Jesus Christ, and we cannot be saved by doing anything, no matter how good that doing might be. Whether they be good deeds for people, or good deeds according to the Old Testament law of God, the law was not given to save anyone. The law condemns. If you want to be saved by law, then you must be absolutely perfect 
just as perfect as Jesus Christ because Jesus is God's standard of perfection. Be ye perfect as I am perfect, declares the Lord. And if you're not that perfect, then you're not perfect at all. And if you have failed in one point of the law, then you're guilty of all of it. That's what the scripture declares. And therefore, salvation must be by another way. And it is. There is a righteousness revealed from heaven. A righteousness of God, which is imputed to those who dare to believe in Jesus Christ. Well, you might ask, how does one work out his salvation? We do it by yielding to God's counsel in order to become what he desires us to be. And that goal is defined in part in the following verses of Philippians chapter 2, especially verse 15. Paul writes, For them to work out their salvation, which is the salvation they already have, with fear and trembling. Well, the fear is not related to doubt or any uncertainty, but instead it's a reverential fear. The Holy Creator has given me salvation, delivering me from the curse and judgment of the law, and has a divine goal of spiritual maturity for me. I dare not miss this by being careless as a Christian. I have discovered that so many people are confused about what is necessary to get to heaven that the Radio Bible Course has published a booklet called Heaven's Password. This will make it clear to you and others. Write for your free copy today. Until next week, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.